ask them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. And if you're ready to take your professional and your personal growth to the next level, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Men's Group, where you'll find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to achieve your goals. Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to elevate their capacity for life. I'm excited to get some wind in our sails today from <laughs> entrepreneur, speaker, executive coach, fighting solves everything, Joe Buckner out of Fort Collins, Colorado. What's up, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad we got to connect again. Yeah, no, I'm my pleasure. Here. Yeah. I've loved the stuff I've seen on social media, man, and has been keeping up with you from a distance, but glad to hop on the call. And um, you were on the podcast back when I had the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, this being yep. a modern man podcast, a different audience, kind of a different message, but still it, 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 it rings true to the fact of us bettering ourselves each and every single day. Yeah. Um, before we jump in into our topic and our conversation, I want to give an opportunity for you to get acquainted with the audience one-on-one. -on -one, let me step out of the way. I don't want to mess up any intros, but tell them who you are, <laughs> what you do, and kind of what's going on currently in your life, man. Joe Buckner. I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. I do a lot. The biggest thing that I do is I help people remember that they're worth fighting. The way that I do that is through a combination of boxing, fitness, and executive coaching. And I do that either in person online or at my gym, which is called Beautifully Savage Boxing in Fort Collins, Colorado. Mm. I was a person who was once homeless, but I was never hopeless. I was a dope dealer. Then I became a hope dealer. And I was an ex-con that's now turned into an icon. And I get to have cool conversations like this with people like you. <laughs> that's fantastic man i love it i love it and there's, there's so much to unpack what you just said but i want to start with and i love the approach of fighting solves everything you and you mentioned you started off with you're worth fighting for um what is what does that mean man and because i love that you, you identify there's a fighter in us but so many of us silence that fighter we ignore that fighter and we we kind of shove it under the rug but enlighten us man where is that fighter and what can it do for us yeah, um, uh, to speak to what, what you first said about um, we forget that we're fighters. We don't know that we're fighters because from the time you're a young age, you're told the opposite. Fighting doesn't solve anything. Fighting doesn't solve anything. Mm -hmm. And in some regards, some people, you know, they could be right. If they're talking about the physical sense of just tussling for the sake of tussling, it probably doesn't solve anything. But every one of us is absolutely worth fighting for. Because even though people may not be boxers, boxing is my spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Every one of us is a fighter. And every one of us is going to have a moment in time when life takes a shot at you, a big shot, and it knocks you on your butt. And, and that's when you're going to have to decide who you are. Like I said in my film, I don't trust anyone who's never been punched in the face. Because when you get punched in the face, you learn something about yourself. Are you the kind of person that's going to cut and run? Or are you going to stand up and fight? I'm the kind of person that fights. And so what I do is I hold up a mirror to people and I remind them that they're also worth fighting for because I think one of the biggest things that affects us as a society, what keeps people from going after things and becoming who they were destined to be is they don't have hope that they can. Hmm. <laughs> fighters always understand that they have a puncher's chance. Like Francis Ngannou this weekend, fighting the heavyweight champion of the world. One punch, put him on the floor. You always got a puncher's chance. 
You just got to land the right punch. That kind of reminds me of, you know, they say you only fail when you quit. And as mm -hmm. long as you're still in the fight, you, you know, you you have that that fighter's chance. Some call it the Brady effect, right? You you still mm -hmm. there's still time on the clock. Yeah. Don't give up. Um, I'm from Colorado, so we call it the John Elway effect. But yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, but but that's the thing is, is that hope piece, man, because. Yeah. I feel like it might be stomped out at a young age. For for mm -hmm. a lot of guys, I think I think it slowly fizzles out for a lot of men. And I've been talking about this theme for a while because I've identified that for men, we'll go to school, we'll get good grades, we'll kind of stay on the straight and narrow. But what do you say to the dude who did everything right, got the good grades, he's got the house, the white picket fence, the wife, two kids, nice car, driveway, wakes up every morning like, bro, I still feel unfulfilled. I'm still like, mm -hmm. this ain't it. You know, this ain't it. And they've yeah. lost that hope. What do you say to yeah. them? Uh, those are the guys I work with. And I tell them straight up, oh, that's because you keep putting yourself last. <laughs> because being selfish is the most selfless thing that a man can do, in my opinion. Now, to unpack that, I'm not talking about spending your mortgage money on a new watch and that your family doesn't have a place to live. I mean, prioritizing your health making sure that you are capable for your family, making sure that you're physically, mentally, and spiritually strong to be a leader for your family, taking care of your finances, right? That's a priority, right? Prioritizing myself means I take care of my finances. I actually cannot go to the Lauren Hill concert this week. I can't, I love you, my 11-year-old. I can't take you to see Taylor Swift. That would be irresponsible, right? It means taking care of your family in terms of like leading from a position of love, but also not being afraid to be assertive and put your foot down when you need to. So all of us have been taught that we can't be selfish, that our family comes first, our kids come first, and that we come last. And that's when we start to lose hope because, I mean, I, I used to run track when I was in high school and college. I've never finished last in a race. I don't know what that would feel like. You know, finish first, second, third. I've never finished last in any race. But we used to call that butter, right? Mm -hmm. So I challenge anyone, go to an elementary school field day this year at the end of the school year. They'll have a 50-yard dash or something. All the kids will line up. Inevitably, there's one or two that are just faster than everybody else. That's their God-given gift. They can just go, right? So when they say go, those two are going to cut out. The other kids are going to run as hard as they can just because the parents are there, people are watching. And then there's always going to be three or four in the back who just stop running because they realize they don't have a chance to win. They have no hope, right? Yeah. The other kids know they're not in front, but they have hope. Like, if I can just run fast enough, maybe I'll catch them. And that's what happens to us. We keep putting ourselves last, putting ourselves last, putting ourselves last. It doesn't take long for people to tell you that you don't matter before you realize that you believe it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's my take on it. Like, the longer you put yourself last and you don't prioritize yourself, the more you're going to feel hopeless and feel like you don't really have much to offer other than your paycheck. Yeah. You know, like the ATM, you just keep, Amen. people just keep come taking deposits. And I've mentioned that when, you know, you've worked yourself to be a high value man, every time that phone rings, somebody wants something. Every yeah. time there's a knock on the door, somebody wants something. You, so you start to be like, all right, you're already opening up the wallet and you haven't even answered yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're better than me. I sent it to voicemail. Yeah, there like, you go. Go ahead and tell me what you need from me before I call you back. <laughs> exactly. What is this in regards to? Um, <laughs> but 
that right there, that simple that simple motion of sending it to voicemail mm -hmm. is a form of setting up a boundary to put yourself 100%. first. It's a form of setting up the, the importance of if, is it worth my time? And that's not going to be, it's not like a conceited way. It's you have your priorities set, you know, yeah. where to delegate certain things. And you, you mentioned something before about getting punched in the face. And and what's interesting yeah. is I, I love, uh, I was kind of doing the deep dive on you and and you said somewhere how, Every fighter knows that you can't you you can't get through the fight without getting hit, mm -hmm. and life's gonna hit us in the face. Uh, but so many of us live our lives trying not to get hit. Those yeah. loss adverse people, right? What detriment does that do? Like, I imagine a fighter who's fighting like they're afraid to get hit. It will impact their ability to attack. So yeah. I, I'm interested in that transition to life of how. If we constantly live trying to avoid getting hit, how that actually does us more of a disservice than a service. I mean, if we put it into boxing terms, which will also apply directly to life, you'll never move forward. Mm. A fighter has to come forward to actually land a punch. He has to advance. You'll never move forward if you're just afraid to get hit. Anybody that's a fighter that's, a, that's been in a fight, whether it's in a sanctioned fight or you just got in a tussle in college because you were being rowdy and they were being rowdy, assumes the risk. I will probably hit someone, but there's a good chance I might get hit too. And I'm okay with that because I feel like my, my capabilities are going to overcome that. So it's the same with life. It's like whether it's taking a risk on starting a business or taking a new job or relationship. You can't grab the rose without knowing you're going to get pricked by a few thorns. So you have to say, is it worth the risk? And so for me, the fear is what keeps people from moving forward. And that's not necessarily one of the things I love to say is it's not that people are afraid to fail. They're afraid to fail publicly. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I'll mess up hanging that picture 50 times. But what I'm not going to do is film myself hanging up that picture and then put it online because I'm not good at hanging pictures, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where I, I think like to answer the question, that fear of getting hit, of getting knocked down, of people talking down on you or doubting you or saying that your idea is dumb, that's the thing that keeps people from ever just advancing and moving forward. And that's what we got to get past. And so that's why I say, I can't trust anyone who's never been punched because the other thing you learn is, you learn that you know how to take a punch. <laughs> and if I know I can take a punch, then I can keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I've said um on the podcast before, and I, I man, um, I, I love depicting this because this was one of my weak moments, man. I was I was at a point, I was frustrated, I wasn't where I wanted to be in life, and I wanted to write down every excuse I could think of as to what has held me back. And from 2019, I wrote down, you know, the pandemic pay cut, uh, wrote down, you know, uh having to switch jobs, moving, all these things that that were the reason why I couldn't get to where I wanted to be in life. And then when I look back at that list, in it did the opposite. Instead of giving me like validation, like, you see, this is why I'm not successful. It was like, do you see how many punches you took? I actually called the list yeah. punches since 2019. Yeah. I was like, do you see how many punches you took? And you, yep. you still you got married here. You went to Costa Rica here. You you advanced. You actually sold a house here and moved to a new job here. And what that triggered in me was like, bro, you've been getting punched and that hasn't stopped you. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're I'm undefeated like, on bad days. You're undefeated yeah. on bad days. It's like these are the reasons why I could have stopped, but I didn't. Yes. <laughs> and yes. for me, that was my proof of resiliency, right? My proof of like, you know, I'm still here. And yeah, those might have been setbacks, but those setbacks can still be a set up for what's coming up next. Yeah. And it's like Rocky Four. You remember Rocky Four? Yeah. <laughs> remember when Drago was like, he's made of steel. I can't break him. He just keeps coming forward, right? Mm -hmm. That's you. Yeah. That's you. I and wanna... that's all of us if we think about it, but people don't realize that until maybe it's too late sometimes. That is true. Because I was exactly going to segue into kind of bridging that gap in terms of the person that feels lost or they're, they're, they're down on their past, right? And you started off amazingly with how you describe your story. You weren't yeah. homeless. You, you you were dealing dope, but now you're dealing hope, right? It, yeah. It's it's the reframing of where we've been to where we're going. And I think some men might be listening right now, feeling lost in their current position. They might not know how to kind of turn this boat around, or maybe it's, it's, you know, the end of the second round and it's looking like they're about to lose this fight and they don't know if they have what it takes to keep going. How do they navigate their way back? How do they find their direction? How do they get back on that path for prosperity and refine that hope? I think that if we can if we can stay on the boxing analogies because I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. um, I like it. <laughs> one of the things that we teach people too at the gym is that boxing slash fighting it's not just about hitting; it's about not getting hit. And so sometimes the best defense is to just move your feet two steps backwards so you're out of range of the blows that are coming. Mm. Right, or it's to clinch and grab the other person. Because when you clinch in a fight, the referee stops the fight and you get a start over, right? So the way that I I put it to what you what you're asking is, sometimes it's important to just look at where the blows are coming from and remove yourself from that situation for a minute, because a lot of us are like so starving, like no, I'm just going to keep banging my head against this wall. I'm going to figure it out. But sometimes you need to take a step back, retreat, and attack from a different direction. Go back to your corner and say, hey, my jab is not working. Hey, no. Sorry, he's biting the electrical cord. Um, my <laughs> jab's not working. What can we do? Right? It's like Lomachenko fighting Devin Haney, and Devin Haney's in the corner saying, Dad, he knows everything I'm going to do. Yeah. He knows before I do it. What are we supposed to do? Right? And so the other thing I would say is, using that boxing analogy, is seek counsel. No fighter ever goes to the ring by himself. Mm -hmm. He's always surrounded by people. And those people are just a handful of the people. So when I, when I meet with clients, I, I think this will help. I ask them three questions the first time we meet. What are you fighting for? Let's define what you're fighting for. Why are you doing this? Because it's gonna, coaching is going to be hard. If you're trying to lose 40 pounds, it's going to be hard. Like if you're trying to get a new job, it's going to be hard, right? What are you fighting for? Secondly, who's fighting in your corner? Every great champion has a team of people. And I'm not just talking about fighting. An NBA team has like 12 to 15 coaches. There's only 12 players on the team, yeah. right? There's always someone in your corner, even if they're not visible or not seen. And the last question is, what's worth fighting for? Because not everything's worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. So I would say that the way for them to get back to their path is retreat, take a breath, attack from a different direction. Because obviously what we're doing, it ain't working. Yeah. And it's not working in that form. My gym is seven years old. It looks nothing like the day it started. 
because we're constantly looking at it with a discerning eye and iterating and going, okay, we thought that was a great way to train, but now that we've studied and learned and got some education, we know this is a better way to train. So we're going to change it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say that too is, is, you know, be stubborn about where you're trying to go, but be flexible about how you get there. Mm, no, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, I want to ask about um, the acquiring of skills or kind of what you mentioned with looking at your gym with a discerning eye. Mm -hmm. There might be some fellas listening right now who think, you know, they don't need help or they're, they're good where they're at. Um, I love how you put it. You might never punch someone, but you will know how. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost like, preparing for life because there are some people who might have been like hey you know what things have been good life hasn't given me any major punches i'm all right i don't really need to up my game i'm good but it's like you you might never need to punch somebody but i think for those that i know who train and those mm -hmm. i have a couple of friends who've had fights and stuff there's a different confidence around them and it's yes. not like they're looking for something it's just that they're prepared right and it's almost like hey if it goes down i'm okay Yep. So I'd love to talk about that approach, right? You might never punch someone, but at least you'll know yeah. how. What does that do for someone? We could keep that boxing analogy, but yeah. referencing it into life, what that can do for somebody moving forward. Um, I agree 100% with what you said about the people you know that train. I've been boxing since I was six years old. And what I tell people is, because I work with teens a lot, and, and I think sometimes people are worried, oh, he's going to teach my kid how to fight. I tell them, no, 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 no. I've never started a fight in my life because I'm confident. Mm -hmm. I've talked my way out of more fights than any, even though I can fight because I'm confident. I don't need to prove anything. Having those skills lets me know that, like you said, hey, if this turns into that, I know I'm okay. I at least know how to defend myself. You might best me, I might best you, but I at least know what to do. And I think that's where the fear comes from a lot of times is when we don't know what to do. It's like the first time someone's driving and they press their, their brakes. I live in Colorado and they start sliding. And there's a stop sign coming up. They don't know, oh, you need to pump the brakes. Don't just slam on them, right? So they panic, ah, and sometimes they crash, right? Mm -hmm. So acquiring skills, whether it's boxing, whether it's our work, our relationship, all it does is make us prepared. So then when the, the bad stuff, the bad stuff, I don't like to categorize things like that, but when the tough stuff happens, we're ready. Have you ever heard the story of when Michael Phelps swam that race with the water in his goggles? No. So China, Michael Phelps, he won one, one heat of his, one of his races and he had water in his goggles the whole time. His goggles slipped and he had water in. From the minute he jumped in the water, right? He couldn't see a thing. He destroys everybody in the race. But afterwards, that's all the announcers could talk about. So when they're interviewing him and his coach and they said, you know, how did it feel to swim that race with water in your goggles? His coach said, probably like the thousand other times we practiced that. <laughs> yeah he said we prepare for everything and we knew that someday this could happen he knows he has to hold his line swim in a straight line he doesn't need to do anything special he needs to just swim his race like he always does but because he had prepared for that he didn't panic a lot of people would have panicked they might even stop swimming but not michael phelps mm -hmm. right that's how you win so many gold medals because you prepare for everything i think most people only prepare for the good stuff when I get this job, I'm going to buy this car and we're going to take this vacation. And we, but, but they don't prepare for the, oh, I got the job, but then they had to lay me off six months later. Yeah. Now what, right? They hadn't built up those skills. And one of those skills is grit. So for me, 
having the skills in whatever you do just means that you're, you're confident. Like you said, you're confident. And it's not an arrogance. It's not a, I'm better than anybody. It's I'm confident in my abilities to perform the thing I need to perform. Therefore, I move differently through the world. Yeah. I mean, Ted, I went to prison. I was in maximum security prison for a while, right? I was in there with the worst of the worst. And I can tell you, I'm not trying to be like a tough guy. I've never been afraid of another man ever. Mm -hmm. And not because I'm like the toughest guy in the world. I just, I, I know how to take care of myself. And more importantly, I've also developed the skill of diffusing situations. Yeah. <laughs> right. I call because it because I'm calm, right? I'm calm. Like, yeah, you want to amp it up? I'm still calm because I'm like, number one, I'm not worried. Number two, like, what are we really arguing about right now? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we hoping to get out of this? Right. Yeah. I'm usually really good at that. So there's a lot of skills, but I think, like, to, to go back to the original question, developing the skills, sharpening those skills, working on them continuously. It's just what makes you bulletproof. That's what I like to tell the coaches. I need you to practice more so you're bulletproof. Yeah. When the lights are on, you're bulletproof, right? I, I love that. And I call the I call the kind of diffusing situations that verbal jujitsu. Yeah. Just put the situation in submission and just bring it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. Um, 100%. Because nine times out of 10, violence is never the answer. But mm -hmm. the 10th time, it's the only answer. And that's when you want to be prepared. And that's when you want to be prepared. That's why <laughs> well, I say stay dangerous, man. Stay dangerous. I love it. And, and what you mentioned about doing something so many times, you know, that's in, in my career, in my job, and 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 someone listening, something that they do every day. Imagine no. how, how many things go wrong while you're doing it, mm -hmm. right? Like I work in a job where I tell people, you know, reading prompt or reading a pre-written script after you do it for a while is not that hard. But the challenge comes into play when tech issues come in and we work yeah. in an industry with cascading technology. So one thing goes out, 20 things go out Right but to handle that. Like on a given week, we probably have five, six things that go wrong tech wise. Mm. Yeah. The people at home have no idea because when it goes wrong, we've done this so many times we're seasoned veterans. No worries. Yeah. Oh, no graphics. I got this prompters down. I got this, but yeah. navigating in that scenario, when things go wrong, when chaos comes into play being calm is what gets you from one end to the other and gets you through that whole process absolutely absolutely yeah i want to touch on a series that i i love on tiktok and instagram and you know here's some shit your dad should have told talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how'd that come about yeah. man and i love it um lessons from a fatherless father right mm -hmm. um the way it came about honestly was so you and i have the Rhone affiliation and um, Roan had asked me to write a piece for Father's Day back in, gosh, I want to say 2020. And I'd had all these, like, I used to write this thing on Facebook called How to Be a Man in 2009. And I just saved it all because I was like, man, this is some good stuff. I don't know, you know, if it'll ever have any merit, but it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. And so... One day I made the video and I was like, here's some shit your dad should have talked to you. And it didn't, it didn't do nothing. It didn't do nothing. Because the intention was wrong, right? I was like, oh, this is going to be popular. So then when Roan came to me, I said, well, I have all this stuff already and I've never really shown it to the world. So I wrote an open letter to my son. And the letter was, here's 15 things I'd wished I'd had a dad to teach me. Hmm. And so I put all those things in there. But inspiration is everywhere so one day i was looking at the list and i was like 
the person we're most uniquely qualified to serve is the person we once were. And I was once a young boy with no dad trying to figure his way through the world, you know, how to tie a tie, how to be a man, how to treat people. I could have used some guidance from anybody, but I had no one. So maybe I'll just start sharing and hopefully this will resonate with someone. So I just started at the top of the list, but then I started getting more creative. Well, I can talk about relationships. I can talk about fitness. I can talk about mowing the grass. Like, okay, here's some shit your dad should have taught you. Those are far and away the most popular videos. I mean, like in a week, four of them went viral, which was crazy. Wow. Um, but probably eight or nine of them has gone over a million views. And I would like to acknowledge they also are good for gaining popularity, but maybe not the best videos for building a business online. Yeah. So I still pop them off because they're shareable content that will hopefully bring back people to some of my other content that might help them see me as a business person and not just a guy giving advice on TikTok. Yeah. No, I hear that 100%. What yeah, some... that's how it came about. It was an accident. I love it. What are some of the, um, I guess, some of uh, the most requested or some of the most meaningful lessons that, that stick out to you uh, of, the, of the few you could pick from? Unspoken expectations are premeditated resentments. Mm. Uh, some people are investments and some are um, liabilities. And you have to understand the difference. I just filmed that one this morning. Because that's why it's called paying attention. Because attention is currency. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, the biggest one from the whole series, though, was literally one that said, if it takes less than five minutes to do, do it now. It's simple, it's to the point, but it's true. If it takes less than five minutes, just do it now. Like, don't wait, just do it now. Why yeah. are we waiting? <laughs> That's so true. But it's definitely some dad stuff too. It's like, yeah, I can, I can hear the dad saying that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was going to ask, what do you think it, that makes it so popular and resonates with so many? If you look at the comments, it's a lot of people that are like, like what I said, you know, hey, I never had a dad. I love these. It's moms saying, hey, my sons don't have a dad. So I have them watch your videos every day. It's people who maybe had a dad who wasn't super present, or it's people who said, well, I lost my dad, and he used to say stuff like this, so I love these videos. So um, I think what makes it popular is that there's a lot of people growing up in that situation, and I think that when you're young, like me, growing up that way, it's easy to think you're the only one, right? Yeah. It's easy to think you're the only one, but um, I, it's good to realize that I'm not, and that it's helping people. Absolutely. Community's everything, brother. And I lo love that you did that. Um, Mace, we mentioned... do you need to go out? A little puppy? Sorry. Yeah, I think he <laughs> needs to go outside, but I'm, I'm hoping he can hold it for a few. Well, we're wrapping up. These are the last couple questions, so this is perfect. Um, All right, let's do it. So Cool, he laid down. Nice. We mentioned we mentioned plans, that hope uh, that keeps people in the fight. What are what are the hopes you're working on now? Oh, look at the puppy. For anybody watching YouTube, <laughs> go ahead and get a like just, just for the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hopes that I'm working on now. Gosh, great question. So we're working on scaling our gym to an eight-figure business, not just with the gym, though. So we are starting the process of franchising. We have a few interested parties already. 
So looking to grow the brand that way. And then we are in the process of talking with investors about backing our VR workout. So I created a six week boxing fitness workout that will live in the metaverse. So think like insanity, but in VR for boxing fitness. Let's so go. that's like the biggest thing that I'm working on that I'm so, so excited about. And then just, you know, just helping as many people as possible. I have the goal to help, help a thousand men in the next year through whatever means that I can, whether it's boxing, whether it's executive coaching, um, whether it's just making videos, um, just making an impact yeah. and, and teaching this guy how not to go to the bathroom on the floor. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I could just I, I just got a, a vision of you yelling at me in virtual reality while I'm boxing. Oh, oh. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be you. amazing. Like the guys have already like kind of like started building out the platform, like the framework for it. And so it'll be like a six-week workout. But like let's say you hit the combination perfect. Boom, 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 you'll get a power-up. And that power-up is worth points for in-game purchases. Like you know, apparel is a big part of my gym. I think we do apparel better than any gym that's not backed by exponential fitness. And so you'll be able to make those purchases in app for like, oh, I want the new Beautifully Savage shirt for my avatar or hat or leggings. Um, we'll have a mitt work add-on. We'll have a kickboxing add-on. We'll have a yoga add-on. So all those are the baby steps. But yeah, the uh, the big thing is that right now, that's where a lot of time, energy, and attention is going, is meeting with investors and saying, hey, here's how much money we need yeah. to do this thing because it's the next thing. Yeah. Hey, that's the hope that keeps us moving forward. Joe, <laughs> how can folks follow you, keep up with you, uh, reach out to some of your services? I know you offer executive coaching, speaking yeah. and all that. I'd love for our audience to have an opportunity to connect. Absolutely. Thank you. My website is MrMRJoeBuckner.com. Um, you can follow me on TikTok at Joe Buckner and Instagram at MrMRJoeBuckner. Those are the best ways to tap in with me. I'm pretty active. I, I respond to DMs myself, not quite to the point where I can, you know, have somebody else doing it for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and I just love connecting with people and I love the opportunity to be here and have this conversation. I know I know you need to go outside. He's He's acting a fool right now. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll wrap up with the last question, which is usually the heaviest one. I save it for last. Um, what is something that you've seen or something that's happened to you that shapes the way you view the world as a man? My own father choosing not to love me. Mm. Because when your own parent, who is morally obligated to love you, chooses not to, it teaches you that you're unlovable and that you're leavable. And so I spent a lot of time in therapy working through that and on that and learning to find that that doesn't define me. And that's not what my self-worth comes from is that he made the decision not to be there. But I would say that, that that's probably been the most impactful thing in my life was that. Yeah. And I finally got a chance to tell him that last January. So that's been good too. Yeah. yeah. Nice, bro. Hey, thank you for sharing that, man. I really yeah. appreciate that. That was vulnerable. Yeah. Listen. Mr. Joe Buckner, I knew this would be a, a fantastic episode. I can't wait to share it. I know everybody enjoyed it. I'm going to recap really quick as we wrap up some of the gems you left along the way, but make sure you give my man a follow and check out some of the amazing content because you are worth fighting for. That's what we started with. You're worth oh. fighting for. Life will take a shot at you. How are you going to respond? If you haven't been punched in the face by life yet, just wait. It's winding up. It's going to be hitting you. And of course, being selfish is the most selfless thing you can do. Men, 
Don't put yourself last. Take care of yourself. Help. Saw a post by Joe Buckner the other day about getting your eight hours of sleep, taking care of your, your body, your physical health. Health is wealth. And if you can't be there for your family, doesn't matter how much money you made for them. They rather you be present. You'll, you'll never move forward. If you're afraid to get hit, you got to move your feet. You got to be able to take those hits in life, but elevate your skills. So you will have the confidence to move forward to not only take those hits, but adjust accordingly, maybe parry and then counter, and then find out those opportunities that you can take advantage of in life and have confidence in your abilities to do so. Seek counsel. Who's in your corner. Don't fight this fight alone. You don't have to do it by yourself. Sometimes you need to move your feet, retreat, and then reapproach how you have to take this fight on. If you're feeling stagnant and stuck in life. Three questions, as Joe mentioned, he says, what are you fighting for? Who's fighting in your corner? And what's worth fighting? Because everything's not worth fighting for. If you're confident, you can move with confidence through life. And then lessons from a fatherless father. Also a reminder that you are not alone in your problems and you have community out there to lean into. This has been amazing. Mr. Joe Buckner, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again, man. I appreciate you. Love everything that you do. And, yeah. Uh, looking forward to sharing this out as well. Absolutely, brother. And to, to the audience, we, we got to keep on linking up. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Of course, leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. Share yeah. this with somebody else you know is going to get value from it. Joe's got to walk his dog, and I got to go catch you guys go later. So, as you say, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without working Let's grow. Let's get back to the next day. I think we're going to do a great job.